Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Crunch Time Podcast. So, today we're going to be talking about the CSs and two teams that are seeming a lot more legit. But first, baseball. Um, the Astros and Yankees with a 1-1 tie in the series after Crayo went yard in the bottom of the 11th last night. And the Nationals up 2-0 on the cards. After the cards have been no hit through six plus innings in their first two games, start with the Cardinals after scoring 10 runs in the first inning of their game five in the NLDS. Um, they've been no hit by um, ah, the uh, Nationals, pitching staff. Nationals pitching staff, Max Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez. Um, not for the whole game, but Anibal Sanchez hit him, no hit him for seven and two thirds. Max Scherzer for six and a third, and they've put up one run over one or two runs over the eighteen innings that they've played. What what changed from ten runs in the first to two runs over eighteen innings? Well, I think what changed is the amazing pitching staff that the Washington Nationals have. Now you might look at them and be like, "Oh, their team doesn't look that good on paper," but Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer, they are an amazing – they're almost a Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, but just in the NL. And then they also have Patrick Corbin, who is – he's a lot like the Granky for the team. And um, – Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez, he's even better because the Astros don't even have a number four for the playoffs. So, I mean, this amazing pitching staff, they're – the bullpen of the Nationals is, um, you know, it's subpar. But the um, the starting pitching, uh, I think, will carry the Nationals. And if the Cardinals really want to win some games in this series, they're going to have to be able to get the starting pitchers out early, get them out bef- around the sixth inning, and then be able to hit off the bullpen and the closers, because that's really where the weakness lies in Washington. Um, I, 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 I disagree with you, but I feel like if – feel like the Cardinals, to get back in this series, it's – they're not – so Steven Strasburg pitches next for um, the Nationals. And I've yet to see Jack Flaherty um, all series, so my guess is he'll start game three. Um, that's going to be a good pitcher's duel. And the Nationals need to put one or two runs off Strasburg in the first five or so innings and then chase him in the sixth or seventh with some – just get a couple hits in the sixth or seventh and get him out of the game and then hope as the Cardinals your, your bullpen holds for three innings. Yeah, that's honestly – That'll give them a lot – that'll give them a lot of momentum going into game four. And I think if they can get a win tonight – they'll have a very good chance at evening the series tomorrow. I would agree. I think the win after two losses and then an off day, I need to get a win right here to get momentum going back in their favor for the next three games. Um, Remind me, are they playing game three, four, and five? Because one of them's a division leader, one of them had the better record. What's, what's the uh, other It's at Nationals. Yeah, it's at in Washington. Um, I think you need to score early, get the crowd shut up, and then 
that's how wow how you keep on pouring it on. And then in the three set of and then the set of three, that's the time where in the first game, if you get the starter out early and you work against the bullpen, that bullpen is not going to be fresh for the next two games. So, I mean, that's that's really what you got to do in the first game of that three game set. So the Yankees and the Astros bullpens were are pretty spent after last night, dueling eleven innings. Carlos Correa with the first pitch walk off in the eleventh went opposite field. Um, how much do you think the one? How much do you think the um off day really gives those bullpens a chance to really recuperate? And then two, um, who has the upper hand in that series think- now that it is moving to New York for the three gamer? I think, especially going into this, uh, going into game three, the Astros do have a little bit of upper hand despite going on the road, especially with that bullpen. They did you have an off day to recover more, but also you got Garrett Cole starting. Mm-hmm. And with Garrett Cole starting, he's been absolutely phenomenal. If the trends stay up to any, you know, pattern, he's going to go at least like six, seven innings, giving that bullpen a good amount of rest and having some of the arms back for, you know, Hopefully, like, a few no-hit innings. Also, uh, Garrett Cole, I mean, he hasn't lost a game since May. And, I mean, he's just so good. He can give you seven or eight innings. And you see him at 100 pitches. He's still lighting it up at 100 miles an hour. Uh, Both him and Verlander really saved their heat for the the end of games. You can – Verlander will start throwing 93, and by the 7th, he's at 98. Garrett Cole will start at 95. And by the eighth inning, he's touching 101. Yeah. So what I'd like to say is when you get the extra one day of bullpen, it's the difference between, like, you see Justin Verlander pitching on three days rest versus four days rest. He becomes, like, good but not elite. Like, with only three days rest, he's good. He still performs well. But he's not as elite as he is with four days rest. So I think the extra day of rest is just going to let everyone in the bullpen kind of get on their A game and kind of get ready for the game against the Yankees. I think you also see this bullpen. A lot of the guys in the bullpen were used back-to-back days. Josh James, he was used game one of the series for one and a half innings. And I think uh, one and a third. One and a third. And then today he was also used to get, I think, one. Sanchez out, struck him out. Yeah. And, now, and so, I mean, I think for a lot of the bullpen guys, you really need that off day just to get your arm feeling well when you go into a three-game series. And Severino will be starting for the Yankees. Um, who do you who do you expect to see a surprise performance out of on each team um, for each for game three? For game three, you know, I got to go with Alvarez. He did not – he didn't have the best game three. He saw him chase a few questionable pitches, had, a, I think, at least a two-strikeout day or something. He had positions where he could have came up big and unfortunately couldn't get it to come through, I think. He's not going to let it come to him. I, we've seen that as a rookie, for the most part of the regular season, he's been a pretty disciplined hitter. And I think uh, especially the wonderful clubhouse that he has around him can pick him back up, especially with all the postseason experience that they have. And I expect to see Alvarez bounce back for a huge game three. Um, what? So when I said all the teams, I meant the Yankees, and the Nationals, and the Cardinals, and, but also the Astros. Sure. Um. Let's see. For the Cardinals, I think Goldschmidt 
he could really come up huge. I think they really need it, especially going on the road down 0-2. He's one of the veterans in that clubhouse. He knows his first year, and I think he can rally around his guys and lead them to a big performance, and they need this game. That's a crucial game three for the Cardinals. Well, I'd say for the Astros, I definitely agree. Jordan, he's a lefty, and, you know, we all know lefties do well in Yankee Stadium. They got the short the short porch in right field. And so I think Jordan might be able to might have a bit easier of a chance to hit one out. And um, for the Yankees, I see um, Chad Green. He pitched really well uh, yesterday. He gets the day off. Really questionable decision to pull. I mean, struck out Kyle Tucker. They bring in Onovino. And the first pitch, George Ringer puts it maybe like 10 feet above the home run. Yeah. Chad Green, he, he got the day off. So his arm's going to be feeling good. And, I mean, you saw how he did uh, in game two. And Luis Severino, he's coming back from injury. He's probably got a pretty short leash. Probably going to be out around the fourth or the fifth inning. And they're going to need someone to get them to their closers and uh, more elite guys. So I see Chad Green probably maybe getting two innings in in game three. So looking at the Astros, I'd like to see Ryan Presley really um, surprise me. He's had a couple appearances in um, this postseason. His pitch good, not great. Um, in game one, he gave up a little bloop, scored two runs with two outs. Um, when they were playing the Rays in game one of that series, he let up two runs, but the Astros still ended up winning. Um, I'd like to – you're going to have to use him in this three-game set in New York. Um, and I'd really like to see him do well. And I'd like to see Will Harris dominate some more. I think he's that's been huge to have a guy who can go out there and get an inning done. Um, for the Yankees, uh, I'm really – yeah, I'm looking at um, Gary Sanchez. He had a home run um, on Monday, but really, really, um, his plate appearance haven't been great. Um, I want to. He he needs to be a more disciplined hitter, and not in less of a three-tier outcomes hitter. If he, he if the Yankees want him to supply some power to the offense, over on the Nats. Um, I'm looking at the duo, duo of Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto. It, they are kind of the core of the Nationals' offense, and the Nationals' offense relies on them. If they both go 0 for 3 with a strikeout, the Nationals are putting up one run. If they go 2 for 3 with um, two doubles and a home run between them, the Nationals score six runs. Um, and so I'm looking at them to really perform. And then over on the Cardinals, Yadier Molina needs to step it up. I mean, he had the walk off um to get he had the walk off in game four to get the Cardinals here. Um, but really, I, he's a veteran. He's the heart and soul of that clubhouse. And if he can come up two for three in game three, the Cardinals will have a very good shot at winning that game. Well, I see for in the NL for Washington. I think they really need Sean Doolittle and the rest of that bullpen to be able to lock down these uh, this pretty good hitting team in the Cardinals. And then for the Cardinals, I would say the entire offense has to step it up. I mean, that starts with guys who are veterans like Goldschmidt and Molina. 
to start hitting, and then some of the young guys will get into it. So speaking of surprises, the two teams really surprised me this Sunday over in the NFL. The Texans beat the Chiefs. Not with, like, betting lines or anything. They outright beat the Chiefs by a touchdown. The Niners destroying the Rams, defensively holding them to seven, offensively putting together really good drives. And it, the, they were definitely the beneficiaries of some very good field position. But Jimmy G was making the throws, and they were running all over that Rams defense. I heard Aaron Donald's name called twice. What he did, he um, he hit Jimmy Garoppolo from behind and forced a fumble, which that was good. But other than that, he had two tackles, one of them for loss. That's it. I think uh, you see the Rams, and I just don't think the defense is really what it used to be. You see Aqib Tlaib, he's a lot older now. He's not as spry and not as fast. And not as talkative. Not as talkative, yeah. And really the front seven just is not getting it done, stopping the opposing team's run game like they have last year and the year before that. Aaron Donald kind of just been taken out of games. And really without him, usually the front seven would step it up, but they just haven't this season. Uh, And to illustrate JW's point, I think their sack leader this year is Michael Brockers. I mean, Michael Brockers, he's a decent player. He's a decent player, and he's a veteran in the league, and he's been there for so long because he's good. But he's never been that X-factor caliber player. He's always just been part of the lunch pail crew. Good enough to get it done, and he gets it done, but nothing spectacular. And then, I mean, Texans versus Chiefs, I think you saw right there. That's a way that you take down the Chiefs. You use the run game. You keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, and you got to outscore him, but you you got to have good time of possession. We can't be just throwing the ball willy-nilly, get, throwing picks. Keep the ball on the run game. The run defense is not great, and um, I think you saw that with Carlos Hyde getting 128 yards and a touchdown. So that's why – that's, I think, the way that you beat the Chiefs. So now – so now you look at the Chiefs. They've lost two straight to the Texans and the Colts. Are the Chiefs overrated or are the Texans underrated or both? I don't think that the Chiefs are overrated. But I do think that teams are figuring out how to beat the Chiefs. And they're not going to do it by just throwing the ball in the air like the Chiefs are. No, no team has another Patrick Mahomes or Tyree Hill. Teams might have one guy like that. They don't have two. And so you just got to keep the ball in the run game. Don't let Patrick Mahomes score too many points. And uh, just bend, don't break defense. Were there any other um, surprises of this week in the NFL? Other than, other than the Cowboys, which – I, that was just – they were sleeping in the first half. I don't think the Cowboys showed up to play. I mean – Not at all. No, not at all. I, they must have been sleeping while they were on the bus because they Forgot did not the morning wake coffee. up. And granted, they did get close. They In the second half, 
they outscored the they out in the second half they did well. They outscored the Jets sixteen to three, which they should, which they should in both halves. In both halves, yeah. But in the first half, um, uh, resident Cowboys fan Jonah Goodwine in the first half, what was after the first half? What was the score that game? I, I would not like to say. I would not like to repeat that out of my mouth. But I think most of y'all do know it was not a pretty, not a pretty scoreline. Twenty-one-six is not how you want to open any game against any O and any O for team, especially the New York Jets. Their quarterback got freaking mono. I mean, he was back this game, but he he got mono. Their backup was Luke Falk. <laughs> You think the Cowboys could beat the Browns if they showed up to play? You know what? I think they could, but you know what I think this Cowboys team needs? They need a change in their coaching position, honestly. I think I don't think Jerry Jones would fire Jason Garrett in the middle of a year, but I think especially if the Cowboys lose to the Eagles next week, depending on next week, the, Jason Garrett is coaching for his job. This season was is Jason Garrett coaching for his job. But especially next week after losing three in a row, this Cowboys team is not performing to the standards that they should with the talent that they have. And I think Jason Garrett is almost as good as out of Dallas. I think Jason Garrett's definitely on the hot seat. But really, I just don't see Jerry Jones firing him because Jason Garrett he knows how to work with an owner like Jerry Jones. Um, you know, you see uh, some of the other coaches that Jerry Jones have brought in. They've done well, but they've left after a few years because they can't handle being with Jerry Jones, <laughs> controlling the team instead of them. So, I mean, I think Jason Garrett, he's not a good coach, but he can work with Jerry Jones. And the game, um, Cowboys versus Eagles next week, we that kind of brings up our – it will it re brings up the Dak versus Wentz conversation again, and we will do that on our next episode of the Crunch Time podcast. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Crunch Time podcast. Signing off for now and saying goodbye. I'm Jack Ringold. <laughs>